Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Murder in Illinois is a production of iHeartRadio. If you spend enough time investigating true crime stories, you wind up with some pretty disturbing content. And that's how this case landed on my radar. Back in 2018, I was wrapping up my first podcast, Happy Face, Maybe at some point I'd entered the keywords killer dad or father who kills. But the 10-year anniversary of the Vaughn family murders wound up in my feed. I'd never heard of the 2007 killings, although regionally around Illinois they received a ton of press. But it was the father's mugshot that caught my attention and its expression that actually made me click that link. Suddenly I found myself staring into the eyes of Christopher Vaughn. I scanned some articles and viewed a few news pieces about the gruesome murders. Three kids and their mother, all shot dead. Then I went back to the top, reabsorbing the timeline and the details. Some, like infidelity in strip clubs, were tabloid headlines. Some disturbing and all heartbreaking. But I kept getting drawn back to the look on this guy, Christopher Vaughn's face. There was this unnervingly odd, almost eerie look in his eyes, Eyes that belonged to a man the Will County State's attorney described as a heartless, soulless psychopath. I remember thinking, for a guy convicted of killing his entire family, Vaughn looked a hell of a lot more bewildered than evil. Putting on my glasses, I leaned in closer and expanded the screen until it was filled entirely with just Vaughn's eyes and thought, What could possibly drive a parent to kill their kids in such a twisted, cruel, and confrontational way? 
And why did the eyes staring back at me look so confused? Almost lost. They had this pained intensity, heightened by the slight furrow of the sparse brows that topped them and punctuated by the dark circles beneath them. Those eyes didn't look like they belonged to a guy who shot his entire family at close range. They looked haunted. Then, almost as an involuntary reflex, I typed, could Christopher Vaughn be innocent, into Google. The results that popped up would put me on a troubling, nearly two-year path filled with staggering twists, turns, and bombshells. I'm Lauren Bright Pacheco, and this is Murder in Illinois. Can't you hear the world crying out to you? Can't you feel the ground holding, holding? Can't you hear the world crying out to you? Can't you feel the ground? Christopher Vaughn is a former private investigator who specialized in computer forensics. He is uh, today sitting in the Illinois Department of Corrections in Pinckneyville, Illinois, convicted of the murder of his family that consisted of his wife, Kimberly, and three children. The deeper I got into his case, I realized that he's actually innocent. That's Bill. The man my internet search into Vaughn's possible innocence led me to. My name's Bill Clutter. I work as a private investigator. I've been doing this for over 30 years now. And I have developed a specialty of criminal defense investigation. Clutter was a detective for Vaughn's initial defense team, but initially didn't believe he was innocent. I was influenced by the media as much as the public was and just assumed he's got these superficial injuries. He's the sole survivor. And so initially, I assumed this was going to be a mitigation case where we would focus on telling a story that would persuade a jury to spare his life. There are a number of developments that take us from there to why Bill Clutter's still involved with the case 14 years later nine years after Vaughn was convicted. Over the years, I've worked on a number of people who've been wrongfully convicted, and it led me to create what's now the Illinois Innocence Project, and that was almost 20 years ago. I started investigating innocence after I moved to Louisville, Kentucky, after Illinois abolished the death penalty. Clutter stays pretty busy trying to get people out of prison, which is why it took me a while to track him down. When we finally connected by phone. I had just pulled into Columbus, Ohio. It was getting you know, late in the evening. It was sometime after seven. And I was parked literally outside of a restaurant to have dinner in Dublin, Ohio. And, uh, that was December of 2018. We've been talking ever since. I'd get to know Bill Clutter as an affable, principled guy with an almost boyish enthusiasm about social issues, balanced by pragmatic, somewhat pessimistic takes on the judicial system 
and politics. He ran for the Illinois Senate twice. In 1990, I almost became the first Democrat in 86 years to win that seat. Once COVID lockdown hit, I started communicating more with Bill than just about anybody living outside my house, mostly about his frustrations involving his long history challenging Christopher Vaughn's conviction. You know, I've been trying to pitch the Vaughn case and and line up pro bono representation for him. I could show you stacks of letters that I've sent out to the president of the Illinois Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers, who I knew and got no response, and to others in trying to get him support. Not exactly an easy undertaking, since Clutter is one of the few people who believe Chris Vaughn is innocent, outside of Chris's parents and siblings. I've never given up on Christopher Vaughn. In the eyes of the law, he is a convicted killer. And so you're starting at that point. And it's difficult to change people's minds once they hear that. But hopefully, the more we peel away at this case and expose the wrongful nature of the conviction, those minds will change. But many minds have already been influenced by the reality Vaughn was the sole survivor of a horrific crime for which he was convicted. And it was salaciously covered, especially by local news. This all played out in the media, and they really had a field day. Vaughn is accused of killing his wife and three children. There was just a drone of negative media about him and his case. Prosecutors said that Vaughn's motive was his wife's $1 million life insurance policy. So, understandably, to many living around Illinois, Vaughn is considered an especially evil man. Prosecutors in the Christopher Vaughn murder trial argue he murdered his family because they were obstacles in his life. Joe Hosey was one of the local reporters who covered the story. At the time of the Vaughn family murders, I was working at the Joliet Herald News newspaper in Joliet, Illinois. And I got one of the editors at the Sun-Times calling me on my cell and demanding to know where I am. He's like, we got this huge story. There's a a big murder in Shanahan. A whole family's been murdered. The Christopher Vaughn case was, was, it was a very big case locally. I mean, you had the Chicago media down here. It was, it had a great impact. I mean, three children and their mother on their way to a water park and then executed, that's going to be a big story. Joe's a prolific journalist and the author of Fatal Vows, The Tragic Wives of Sergeant Drew Peterson, which was later made into a movie called Untouchable, starring Rob Lowe as the wife-killing cop. It unfolded the same year as the Vaughn tragedy, along with another high-profile case. 2007 was an unusual year around here. They had the disappearance of Lisa Stevick, a mother and wife in Plainfield, and she was going through a divorce but living in the same house as her estranged husband, and she vanished. That was a huge story in the Chicago area. Soon after that, you had the Vaughns, Christopher Vaughn and his family, mother and three children shot to death. Then months after that, you had Drew Peterson, which pulled all the attention off of both of those cases, really. I mean, Drew Peterson, Stacy Peterson, Kathleen Savio, that, that story pulled the limelight away from all of them. Drew Peterson's high-profile trial grabbed national headlines, and his trial also happened at the same time, in the same building as Christopher Vaughn's. I ended up covering most of the trial after Drew Peterson's was over. It's a very photogenic family, very attractive family, adorable children, and they were terribly, brutally murdered. I don't think I saw the crime scene photos until the trial, but which they were heartbreaking. But you don't really need to see the crime scene photos to 
have your heart broken. Anytime there's a case involving a murdered children and murdered mother, it, it's heartbreaking. It's terrible. I, I, there's nothing worse that I can really think of. And in Illinois, Christopher Vaughn is thought of as the guy who killed his wife and three children to escape his marriage. Was there ever any sympathy for Christopher Vaughn? Not that I can recall. I mean, I don't think anybody really bought into his version of events. Yet there are many more complicated pieces to the story. We'll be covering them all. But we have to start with the murders Christopher Vaughn was convicted of committing. While the details are disturbing and brutal, they are also critical to understanding the case and whether the man now serving life actually took four lives. The murders occurred on June 14, 2007. In the quiet pre-dawn hours of that Thursday morning, the Vaughn family, Christopher, his wife Kimberly, and their three children, loaded up their red Ford Expedition SUV, setting out before 5 a.m. from their home in Oswego for an impromptu family trip to a water park three hours away in Springfield, Illinois. They would never arrive. At approximately 5.15 a.m., a passing motorist stopped to render assistance to Christopher Vaughn, who was found limping along the frontage road of Interstate 55, south of Joliet, Illinois. Vaughn had two gunshot wounds. One bullet had pierced his left wrist. The other went entirely through his left leg. When the man asked if Vaughn had been in a motorcycle accident or if he'd been stabbed, he replied, No, I think my wife shot me. The rest of his family wouldn't fare as well. At 5.24 a.m., first responders would encounter a trail of blood reaching roughly 140 feet, which led to the family's red Ford expedition, nestled in a secluded area of the frontage road of Interstate 55. Upon their arrival, all the doors to the SUV were closed. Inside were the remaining members of Christopher Vaughn's family, dead. His three children were in the back seat. Abigail, age 12, behind the driver's seat, shot once in the head and once in the chest, had been clutching a Harry Potter book and a stuffed animal. Her younger sister, Cassandra, 11, in the center seat, and their little brother, Blake, age 8, seated behind the passenger seat, had also been shot twice. Evidence would later show the young boy was holding his arms out in a defensive position and likely saw what was coming. The body of their mother, Kimberly Vaughn, was slumped in the passenger seat, a single gunshot wound under her chin. On the floorboard at her feet were her purse and a 9mm Taurus handgun. The murder scene was so traumatizing that a police chaplain was brought out to provide counseling to responders. Christopher Vaughn, the sole surviving member of the family, was loaded into an ambulance bound for the hospital. On the way there, Chris Vaughn appeared to believe his family was still alive. Upon arriving at the hospital, he told a nurse, you should call my wife. She gets mad when I don't call her. That disconnect would continue. After being released from the hospital, Christopher Vaughn was taken to the District 5 police headquarters where he was interviewed by detectives. Vaughn had apparent gaps in his recollection of the morning events. He said his wife wanted him to pull off the highway because she was feeling nauseous, a side effect of anxiety-induced migraines, or possibly the prescription medication she was taking for the condition. Vaughn remembered pulling off, 
parking in front of a cell phone tower along a frontage road to provide privacy for his wife, and then getting out of the car to check the back tires. He recalled re-securing the strap on the luggage rack and observing a deer in the adjoining cornfield. It was only after getting back into the vehicle, Vaughn noticed his leg was bleeding, but had no memory of being shot. Over the next 20 hours, police would interrogate Vaughn, still clad in a hospital gown. And Vaughn's reaction during the questioning raised scrutiny, especially those captured by hidden video cameras when the officers left the room. At one point, when alone, confronted by a photo of his eight-year-old son, Blake, Vaughn crumpled it and threw it into the corner of the room. Less than a week later, Christopher Vaughn would be arrested at the funeral of his wife and children. Five years later, during Vaughn's five-week trial, incriminating revelation after revelation would drop, none of them flattering for the accused killer. This morning, Assistant State's Attorney Mike Fitzgerald meticulously reviewed the evidence from the five-week-long trial, testimony from dozens of witnesses. Fitzgerald claimed Vaughn's guilt is painfully obvious. The jury would take 50 minutes to find Vaughn guilty on all four counts of first-degree murder. Christopher Vaughn has never confessed, and for 14 years has maintained no memory of what actually happened to his family in their SUV that day. No recollection of the four murders for which he is now serving a life sentence. Here's Bill Clutter again. Generally, my rule of thumb is your client is your best source of information. The biggest obstacle was Chris's inability to remember the events of what happened that morning. The lone survivor, the only person who would have been an eyewitness to what happened that day, couldn't provide you with that information. That was the frustrating part of the case, yes. Vaughn's defense would attribute his recollection gap to something called dissociative amnesia, a disorder that involves the inability to recall important personal information that is usually caused by trauma or stress. He really had no memory. And, I, and this is the thing. The probable cause to arrest him cited the fact that he had basically these gaps in his story. And it became clear that he couldn't remember what actually happened. But many people in Illinois can't forget it. It was a strange case, I'll say that. It was one of the saddest ones I've covered. It'll never leave me. And I've covered serial killer cases, death penalty, sentencing hearings, and multiple deaths, and terrible things, and this one won't be with me forever. That's journalist Erica Wurst, a seasoned local reporter who feels deeply rooted to the Vaughn case. Just to hear the word Oswego and know that that's my community and that's where I grow up. We never, I mean, to have three children and a mother killed and a father, you know, being convicted of that crime, I mean, you would not find that around here. Would not. At the time of the murders, Worst was a reporter at the Chicago Sun-Times, a newspaper that had already done a profile on the exceptionally photogenic family before the tragedy for a real estate article. It was weird because when the story happened, we were looking through archives for any pictures we might have had of them. And then we're like, holy shit, they were in our own paper not that long ago. So that was, that was a photo they used often. The family photo, when they moved into their house in Oswego, um, we had a 
weekend feature in the paper that was a design feature, talked about homes, etc. And their home was featured and they're standing in front of a bay window and it's all of them. And it's just talking about how they moved here in their house and this and that. Google Christopher Vaughn's family. And two of those photos are in the top results. One of Chris and Kim seated in front of their three standing children. Another of the family of five seated together on a brown sectional couch. All are casually clad in jeans, the three kids peering out beneath silky bangs. Abigail's coloring leaning more towards the strawberry blonde of her mother. Cassandra and Blake a bit more brunette, like their dad. Chris looks significantly heavier than he'd later appear in mugshots. Kimberly is beaming beautifully in both photos, the only member of the family smiling broadly enough to reveal teeth. The home was pristine. They had just moved in. They're all standing there. And they couldn't have been much younger than they were the age they were killed because they hadn't lived in Las Vegas too long. You just think, okay, I could have slipped past this picture without even knowing it, not even read the article. It was just a picture in the paper that I looked at every single day. To look at the picture and think, oh my God, four out of those five people are dead now. Those kids are dead forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And that's what's haunting. They'll never get any older than they were in that picture. The tragedy that photo now represents is in stark contrast to the stunning good looks of the telegenic family. I mean, they were picture perfect. That's the kind of couple that I would look at and be like, three, I want their life, you know, three cute little kids and a big, nice house. And Kim seems so happy. And that that's what I would point to and say, that's what I want. And, you know, you never know what's going on behind closed doors much of which would come out in court in front of both Chris and Kimberly's grieving, torn-apart families, the Vaughns and the Phillips. Worst kept meticulous notes throughout the Vaughn trial and finds them difficult to revisit. It's hard when it's a family-family thing. Usually it's one guy against another guy in a different family, and in this case, it's like total devastation. The whole family. It was sad. Here's these families that used to be one family and now are sitting on different sides of the courtroom and they believe one thing and they believe one thing and it's never going to be resolved so there's no justice. No one's going to get what they want which is their loved ones back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Covering the five-week trial gave Worst ample time to scrutinize Christopher Vaughn and his behavior. I was there and watched every 90 witnesses and every piece of evidence be withdrawn and every autopsy photo. When you saw Vaughn in person as opposed to seeing the mugshot, can you just take me to your thoughts of how he presented in the courtroom? Well... I mean, he's a handsome man. He was well-dressed. You don't look at Chris and be like, you slaughtered your family. It's just not the vibe he gives off. It's like, he can't be the epitome of evil. But then you think back to the autopsy photos, and you're like, no, that's pretty damn evil. Hello? Hey, Gail. It's Lauren. Hi there, Lauren. How are you? I am doing very well. That's Chris Vaughn's mother, Gail. We'd connected by email, then phone. Her voice reminds me of Yankee Candles, warm and comforting. Throughout our calls, I was struck by the consistently positive energy she radiates every time she picks up the phone. For over a year, we've talked about just about everything, including fishing. We've got some pretty good-sized ones around here, and and when I finally get one, I usually fish only for the little fun fish. So when I get something that bends my rod backwards, it's like, no, I don't want this, and Pierre's usually with me, so I say, if you don't want this fish, I'm just dropping the rod, and he'll scramble to my end of the boat. He'll say, give it, give it, give it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then uh, it's a good thing that you fish together then, or you'd be losing a lot of rods. Yes. But when the topic turns to Chris, the eldest of her three sons, you hear a sudden shift, almost like a wince from an old injury, followed by frustration. Lauren, my my son is innocent. He did not kill his three children, nor his wife. 
my son did not do this. And he's sitting there in prison in the middle of Illinois. Nobody consoled him when this happened. There was nobody to talk to him after he lost his, his family. We had counselors. We had each other. Chris had no one. For 14 years, Gail's been trying to get her son out of prison with little support, something she's grown used to. A couple days after this, this awful tragedy, uh, Mr. Glasgow appeared on TV with all the higher-up people that were investigating. She's referencing James Glasgow, the Will County State's attorney who prosecuted her son. And he pretty much pointed out that Kimberly was an angel and he would deal with the person that did this. And he was pretty sure he knew who it was. And it never deviated from his point of view there. He was always trying to fit the evidence into the crime instead of following the evidence. The jurors, some of them actually fell asleep during the trial. I mean, how can somebody put somebody into prison that doesn't listen to all of the facts. Gail moderates a Facebook group. Christopher Vaughn is innocent. The last word in all caps. It had 16 members when I looked it up. In addition to Bill Clutter, many of them are Vaughn relatives. It's just hard to put together all of the things that went wrong and and what we should have said throughout the whole trial. We, we kept our emotions in. Because that's what our lawyers told us to do. That Facebook group's banner image is a photo of Vaughn in prison issue blue, standing between Gail and her husband, Pierre, who also goes by the nickname Pete. The three are arm-in-arm, smiling at the camera, in front of a photo backdrop of a slightly tropical, sun-setting sky. Above them is a string of glittery paper hearts that looks like it would be more at home in an elementary school than a prison. Chris sports symmetrical features— a shaved head, and a slim trim goatee. He's a pretty balanced mixture of his parents, with the scale tilted maybe the slightest bit towards his mother. Chris shares her defined jaw, and like hers, his eyes are lighter than Pierre's dark brown ones, but almost identical in shape to his dad's. Both parents are wearing similar plaid flannel shirts, have salt and pepper shades of hair, and the same expression, a combination of happiness, vulnerability, and weariness. They're visiting a son sentenced to life for killing their three grandchildren and daughter-in-law. The look in all their eyes is at odds with the smiles beneath them. Pierre? Yes? Hey, it's Lauren. Hi, Lauren. How are you? I'm fine. Gail told me to call this number. Pierre Vaughn shares his wife Gail's belief in Chris's innocence, but it's tampered with a bit more anger and cynicism. He was convicted before he even started. My son was presumed guilty immediately. They took him after he was treated for being shot. Uh, They took him immediately from the hospital to the police station. And the police were relentless in pursuing him and persuading him and lying to him uh, to get him to confess. And he never did do that. And that was never brought up in the trial. My son, who was shot, his family was killed, and he lost everything. And 
nobody stopped to think about, you know, wait a minute, what if he did not do this? So you don't feel that Chris got a proper defense? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. When I first started speaking with Chris Vaughn's parents, Pierre was transitioning towards retirement, and the couple was in the process of moving to the last home they planned to live in, one that includes a room for Chris. My son did not do this. He he needs to come home. It's not surprising that parents would believe in the innocence of their own child. Gail and Pierre's parental allegiance and optimism aside, the process of revisiting the conviction of Christopher Vaughn is daunting according to Bill Clutter. These cases are an uphill climb, even when you have newly discovered evidence that just blows the doors off the conviction. These are hard cases, and you're always going to get pushback on some level, and especially at the lower court, the court where the case originated. You're always going to get pushback when you go back there. I did reach out to the office of James W. Glasgow, the Will County State's attorney who mounted the case against Vaughn. Glasgow's website sports his polished, mustachioed photo, which calls to mind a more Hollywood version of Mike Ditka, and a lengthy list of his accomplishments during an unprecedented seven terms as Will County State's attorney. Prominently featured is that Glasgow, quote, successfully prosecuted Christopher Vaughn and secured a life sentence for the murder of his wife and three children, unquote. Vaughn is second in billing to another career highlight, convicting wife-killing cop Drew Peterson, listed as, quote, a landmark case that attracted international attention, unquote. While Glasgow's office politely declined our request for a formal interview, they did share the closing arguments for the people of Illinois versus Christopher Vaughn and the impressive PowerPoint presentation that accompanied it. It's quite thorough and was obviously successful in terms of swaying the jury to convict, but Bill Clutter contends it was built on a problematic foundation. There was this snap judgment that he did it. This happened early in the morning on June 14, 2007. There was a three-day period where he was interrogated by police. It was shortly after that, as he was preparing to attend the funeral of his family in St. Louis, that handcuffs were placed on him, and he was uh, whisked away, taken to Joliet, and he hasn't seen the light of day since. There, there was a rush to judgment, and we didn't realize the extent of the tunnel vision until we started taking depositions. You know, none of their theories of how this happened fit the crime scene evidence. Clutter's convinced he can mount a post-conviction case that can clear Christopher Vaughn. If you just analyze the evidence in the case without these blinders of emotion and prejudice. It's a pretty clear case of actual innocence. Attorney Keith Altman agrees. Like Clutter, he was involved in Vaughn's initial defense team, but as an expert. We'll dive more deeply into that in future episodes. I believe that Chris did not get the defense that his case demanded once the death penalty was taken off the table and the state stopped funding his defense. 
Altman is referencing that Democratic Governor Pat Quinn signed legislation on March 9, 2011, to abolish the death penalty in Illinois. It went into effect on July 1, 2011, and with it went the funding for the impressive team who'd been mounting their defense of Vaughn for the past four years. And this happened little more than a year before his trial. When Chris was under the, the threat of the death penalty, the state of Illinois ensured that he received the best possible defense between the attorneys who were involved, who were superb. I was able to bring one of the top experts in the world on psychiatric adverse events of drugs and work in support of him, David Healy. The ballistics experts they had were world-class. As soon as the death penalty was taken off the table, the public defender abandoned all the work that we had done, never called any of us, never did anything with any of us, and never really gave Chris his proper due. And so it it just bothers me to this day. Altman's online profile is accompanied by a burly, pleasantly smiling photo, but his record's a little more pit bull than teddy bear. He led a series of potentially precedent-setting lawsuits against some of the world's most powerful social media companies in effort to hold them accountable for allowing terrorists to radicalize people through social media channels. He maintains that same fierceness in his belief of Chris Vaughn's innocence. Chris's case haunts me because between me and the other experts, I believe we had a very strong presentation of evidence vindicating Chris. And unfortunately, the circumstances of the uh, death penalty being taken off the table meant he did not have access to those resources. And, you know, I believe that the truth should come out. And I, I don't think he got the justice that he deserved. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback 
with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. In 2011, Christopher Vaughn was left with a public defender who had just over a year to get up to speed for the trial. Here's Bill Clutter again. That's the thing that bothers me most of all, is that you had these reforms that were put in place to guard against an innocent person facing the death penalty from being convicted. But then you become vulnerable. Once a decision is made not to seek the death penalty, you're stripped of all those resources intended to prevent a miscarriage of justice. And he's used up all his appeals. He had his direct appeal, and there was no appeal to that. Right now, the only way for him to be free is to prove actual innocence. And that's a hard road. That's a, that's a very hard road. It's a road that journalist Erica Wurst isn't entirely convinced we should be setting out on at all. Christopher had a plan. I feel like he executed that plan, and I feel like it didn't go the way he wanted to. What do you think was his plan then? In other words, what did he hope would happen? That it would be viewed as murder-suicide? Yeah, he wanted it to be viewed as murder-suicide 100%. And then, you know, what, oh, four weeks later, less than that, I don't know, he's getting her life insurance money. He basically, he has said, this isn't the life I want to live. This isn't the life I want to live. This isn't the life for me. Worst also takes issue with any scenario that places Chris Vaughn as a possible victim. How does he get out of that car and go running for help, leaving Kim in there with a gun and the three kids? No one would do that. He says that he has no recollection whatsoever of that. If that is true, you know, he's in a dual kind of prison, right? He doesn't know what happened, whether or not he was holding the gun or not, if he really doesn't remember, if he had some kind of a break. Then why the first thing he says when he stumbles upon guy on the street, you know, after he had uh, been shot, why does he say, my, my wife shot me like, immediate. That's an immediate. You're giving a statement immediately after it occurred. If he's saying he got out of the car and he didn't see anyone else get shot, why is he in such a disassociative state just from being shot in the wrist and the leg superficially? What caused the break in him? My husband is not an aggressive person or anything of that nature, um, but you better believe he'd go to bat for us if something like that had happened and not just get out of the car and walk away. In other words, how do you walk away if your kids have been shot 
or haven't been shot, how do you leave it? You don't. I mean, there's so many unknowns, which will probably remain unknown, but the state put together enough of a case to get that verdict they wanted. A verdict worst agreed with then and now. I believe with 98.9% surety that Christopher Vaughn killed his wife, Kimberly, and he's three kids. This was open and shut. And I know you guys are looking into Chris's innocence, and I think everyone 100% deserves that chance. I'm just going to be really interested to see what you guys are finding that I may have missed during every single day of that trial. There is much more to this tragedy than the brutal horror that unfolded in that red SUV in 2007, including dysfunctional family dynamics, a troubled marriage, deception, and betrayal. As we set out on this path, it's with the acknowledgement that on many levels, at many times, it may be polarizing. This was an absolutely horrific event, and we intend to cover it with integrity and sensitivity, but we also understand revisiting it at all is painful for many of the parties involved, especially for those close to Kimberly Vaughn. While to date her family has not responded to our multiple requests for an interview, we hope they will reconsider. It is not our intention to disparage anyone, living or dead. It's to re-examine a case that's been tightly closed to shed light on whether Christopher Vaughn was justly charged, tried, and convicted, and explore whether pertinent facts and later developments that could have been utilized in his defense were overlooked or ignored. What happened in the Vaughn family's SUV was unfathomable. Three innocent children died facing a gun that was held by one of the last people they ever thought would harm them. But the only thing that could make this tragedy any more disturbing is the possibility that the man serving life sentences for having taken those lives didn't actually commit the murders. That is the possibility we'll explore, and in the process uncover answers to questions deemed mysteries for 14 years. This season of Murder in Illinois. On our next episode, we'll explore the upbringing and marriage of the man who would become one of Illinois' most vilified fathers and the intricate dynamics that led to a horrific tragedy. He was just instantly smitten with her. I mean, it was just a click. They really had nothing in common. Did you ever think in a million years that Chris would come home from college and tell you guys he was getting married? No. When they got to the point of the pastor said, if anybody has objections, please say so now. And then lightning struck. That was a little awkward.
Murder in Illinois is a production of iHeartRadio. Executive producers are Lauren Bright Pacheco and Taylor Shacoin. Written by Lauren Bright Pacheco and Matthew Riddle. Story editing by Matthew Riddle. Editing and sound design by Evan Tyre and Taylor Shacoin. Featuring music by Cicada Rhythm with new compositions engineered and mixed by Evan Tyre and Taylor Shacoin. Archive news reports provided by WGN. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get the stories that matter to you. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.